welcome to the dough show. Hey, I, I, I think we're making the dough. We are making. I think the we're dough. making the dough. It's not the dough show. Making the dough. Ma- the making the dough show. Making. Oh, oh, okay. We're right. we're going for just a cha- changing the name here. No, no, season wait, two. Wait, no, wait. <laughs> season two. Yeah, you're you're listening to season two, and you probably haven't heard season one because this probably drops before season one drops. Right. Almost definitely. Right. So yeah. let's 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 catch you up. Yeah. Uh, this is going to be our first episode that we release. Yes. Um, however, we've been recording episodes for the last seven eight months. Yes. Um, so we are a new company. We've just finally, uh, by the time you're hearing this, we've just announced our first Kickstarter, mm-hmm. uh, which is a game called Pun Pong. Excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, also the- called We Bought a Cell Sheet, <laughs> starring Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, we've been recording our learning experience, uh, yes. putting this company together. It's, right. it's just the two of us. And... Um, We've had we've had some lessons learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're mm-hmm. going to be able to hear all of our lessons learned as they go through. But because we had such a long period of time recording these episodes and not putting them out, um, it's kind of easier to just come in and preface and get us right on track right now. And then you can kind of go back and listen to uh, how the dough was made. Yes. Yes. Uh, so that being said, uh, let's let's do some announcing, right? Let's. Well, did we cover who we are? No. Okay. Good. So that's we should the announcement. Do, I'm oh, announcing. Wait, are, we're <laughs> announcing we're human people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm Nate C. Murray. I'm I'm throwing the middle initial out there. Shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Big right. time. Season two. Nate C. Murray. <laughs> All right. Um, no, I had to add this because there, there's a Nate Murray who's a programmer and web developer, and he's kind of top on the search ranking. So I'm adding a C. Oh, I'm on okay. IMDb now. I'm a thing. Okay. Um, so I have uh, worked in comics and gaming for the last six, seven years or so, um, helping start IDW games. I then went to Indiegogo and helped start Indiegogo games. Uh, and then IDW brought me back to do um, new things for them. And so I've bounced around a little bit, but I've been in the industry and I, I love all this stuff and um, have seen where the market's going that's most of my job is to study where markets are going and as shops die and websites take off to figure out how to leverage that for idw and idw's agreed to let me have my little world with you uh, that was part of the condition of returning and so we get to do brand services from the ground up with uh, a lot of my philosophy on how a company should start these days which is be open be out there uh, let people in as much as possible and, and listen to your consumers because they want more and more. They have time. They're on the internet with you. And so they want to know who you are. So that, there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely being influenced by uh, things like uh, Kevin Smith's Modcast, who he does the same sort of thing, lets people in on his, his behind the scenes on filmmaking stuff. Mm-hmm. Also, we had looked at uh, websites like Brandon Sanderson's website that mm-hmm. uh, gives a really clear mm-hmm. indicator of what projects he's working on, how yeah, far absolutely. he is into them. Uh, those were sort of our, our initial ideas. And then, of course, Kickstarter uh, is constantly giving updates and uh, right. being very forthcoming with their kick, uh, Kickstarter backers, but not necessarily with the public in general. So we kind of wanted to open up that door a little further and say, hey, if you want to know what we're doing, you don't have to buy in necessarily. We'd love it if you bought in. But Please if you do. just want to know what we're doing, you know, there, there shouldn't have to be a, a cost of entry just to, uh, just to see what a company's working on, I feel like. Uh, that being said, and I will introduce myself now. Uh, I am I'm John Cohn. Um, oh. As of right now, I have one game. I'm a game designer. I have one game out currently called King of the Creepies. Came out about a year ago. 
Um, but I have, I was just counting. I had, so it's like in the Trump America, that's like seven, yeah. 10 decades. <laughs> yeah. That's so long ago. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, we'll be a far left lane. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardcore. Hardcore. Uh, yeah. But, um, I've been, I've been real busy and, uh, hopefully you should be hearing my name a little bit more in the next year. By the end of 2019, as of right now, I think I have eight titles yeah. coming out nice, with yeah. my name at least uh, uh, included in it in one way or another most of them are, are designs a couple are writing projects for other larger games uh so yeah i've i've been kind of putting my my sure. foot in the door getting yeah. my way into the industry and i'm sort of sharing all of what i'm learning as Perfect. as i'm coming through and so this is a good example of overnight success right because how many years did you work on creepies because <sighs> and, and yeah. to be fair you've like, uh, do we swear on this podcast? We yeah. probably do. So you fucked up royally on creepies and spending a lot of money to finish your oh, art. Boy. Which, if you're ever going to give tips to designers, I would assume <laughs> number one is don't don't do that. Well, well, you know, it's kind of a. I, I wouldn't necessarily say don't do it right off the bat. I would say maybe think about going a more normal route unless you happen to be a crazy person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I made King of the Creepies and I made it completely on spec as a turnkey game, meaning mm -hmm. that I did all the design and then I went out and I hired an artist and mm -hmm. I paid the artist to do all of the art. And you got a good artist too. I got a good you artist a good and I had uh, something like 160 unique pieces of art commissioned <laughs> for this game. Uh, I Luckily, my girlfriend is a a graphic designer so I was able to hire her for the low low price of nothing yeah. to do all my graphic design don't don't do that uh, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it was a very roundabout way and a very expensive way to get your foot in the door uh, you made a $10,000 business card I did yeah uh, yes I've never seen that money again that yeah, money right. went straight into the game and I I'll just say I, I made back a very, very tiny fraction of yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, but yes, it got me in the door. Yeah. Um, and you got those art rights back, which is uh, key. Right. That's going to come in handy. We'll use that going forward. We will. We will. Uh, and that, that kind of brings us to a, another sort of mission statement, I guess, for mm -hmm. our company is that we want to bring great games, um, but we also kind of want to be able to build our, our brands. So I've right. got King of the Creepies. You right. know, I made this game. I paid for the art. I created... 30-something characters all who have backstories and silly stuff. And, stuff yeah. uh, I'm not ready to let that go. So we're going sure. <laughs> to uh, we're gonna keep trying to bring that to life and see if we can uh, give it give it a fresh mm -hmm. fresh start, a new a new expansion to it or something, you know. Um, not to expand, expansion on the game, expansion on the brand, just to clarify. Yeah, exactly. But it's, I think, uh, you know, and it's intellectual property is right. what we're talking about here. And, and these days, like making another game about farming or a game about this or whatever, like why you're in the current market, you're going to get one printing maybe. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then you're either going to catch fire or it's dead. So what I'm trying to do is have our games uh, have as much opportunity to catch fire as possible. And to do that, putting them in intellectual property, that would be interesting. So um, we have King the Creepies universe, which is a silly universe. We have a couple other universes we'll get into. Um, but setting things in these to build out the mythos and get people excited for that uh, just makes sense now. And then hopefully we go Malar World someday and get Netflix to write a big-ass check. And sure. that's really my end game. Uh, <laughs> is big old check and then Nate's just playing blackjack and swimming in a pool all day. That's kind of... <laughs> I swim at the ocean too, a little body surfing. But uh, that, that's it. That's the end game here. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I... I uh, 
it's I always feel like I sound really naive to say this, but I'm really just happy to make all these games and have yeah. this stuff out there. Uh, my my ultimate goal for like creepies, for instance, since we're talking about that, I would love to see a creepies minis game. And I think we can get there. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know the the characters. I've had a lot of fun creating them and working on them. And uh, yeah, I, I love miniatures. I love painting miniatures. Mm -hmm. yes, I love assembling do. and doing right. all of that garbage. Uh, <laughs> I definitely did a lot of. Uh, Kingdom Death and all of those painting and, and assembling stuff. So, yeah, miniatures would be, a, I think, a really fun kind of uh, capstone to, to the creepy yeah, franchise. Absolutely. I, th I think we can get there. I think we have some designers in mind that would probably make a great game. And, and if we can build that universe to make... The big thing with miniatures is you're looking at, you know, a five-figure investment on tooling. And yeah. So that's where we have to build up an audience. And that's where, hopefully, if you're listening to this, hi, Mom. Um, then you're our audience and you're going to come with us and watch as we take a brand from a, a game that, you know, did well in its own right. But yeah. certainly doesn't have you know, that much cachet and we turn that into a thing that has the cachet to people going, wow, I really want that in plastic. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the, that's the dream. All right, great. Besides so, blackjack and swimming. <laughs> right. Blackjack, swimming, and then making and great products. Yeah, there you go. All those things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, do we want to talk a little bit then about, about what we're going to be putting out in the next Six wave months one. to a year? Yeah, it's wave called wave one. one. Yeah. Wave one of games. I don't know that we can do this in a year, but right. sure. So up first, June 5th, Yep. Uh, we're going live with Pun Pong from uh, Sen and Jesse of uh, Meeple Syrup. Yeah, yeah. And of course, uh, Sen Fung Lim, who made Junk Art, which is maybe one of my favorite games of all right. time. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that we've, we're really excited. I'm, I'm super duper excited to be working with Sen on this. Yep. Uh, we've got a really fun fun game uh really sure. silly goofy stuff it's about making puns it's John. about making puns we bought a sell sheet <laughs> if you like puns you'll 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 have fun have an excuse to make them there you go there you go is, we, we could add a rhyming component um <laughs> well so, there is there is a rhyming section of the game there's one where you can have them do uh rhyming puns so it's uh, in there that's brutal it's in there. okay oh yeah perfect I, yeah <laughs> so this one uh this is kind of our kickoff kind right. of to get a little attention um and i think while we are getting that attention we will be announcing that we picked up the rights to council of verona yeah yeah great game uh michael askewy and Probably mm -hmm. screwed up that last name. Right. But Originally a Crash Games. Yeah, a uh, game that was featured on Tabletop. Absolutely. It had uh, multiple printings. It was, yep. a, it was a very successful game. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, we've got the rights to do... We've got the rights... Well, I think this is uh, an important distinction to make. We've got the rights to the mechanics of the game. Correct. We have, we, right. So any of the art that's in the game uh, that exists right now, we're going to be getting brand new art, mm -hmm. uh, totally new design, mm -hmm. totally new style uh, for this game. And then... On top of that, we're going to be also putting out a variant version of the game, and this is where we go back into the creepies. We are going to creepify Council yes, of Verona. If you will, uh, this will be the same game with with perhaps one or two slight slight tweaks, just to make it a, a its own kind of its own personality. Yeah, uh, and this one's going to be called the Council of Creepies. Nice. So uh, we'll have that as sort of a companion game. It's it's you know the, the game that you know and love, but with a twist. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that one uh, we're we're hoping to launch that Kickstarter somewhere around September. I yes, believe. I think September is right where we want to be with that one. Yeah, um, and I'm excited to read you that art. Uh, I love the game, and and Patrick from Crash is a dear friend, and I hope he's doing well. He's been off the grid for a while, but. Um, 
the care he put into his games was was phenomenal. His component cost uh, is probably a reason why Crash was such a boutique thing because he really made special products. But um, I want to refresh the art. I'm really excited with the direction we're going to go. And Michael is as well. And he's great to work with. Mm -hmm. Um, So that'll be a great kickoff in September. And then after that, we'll get into some new universes. Yeah. Uh, And these two... I don't know which will go for probably probably Avery's game. Yeah, I'm thinking so. It's it's further along on development. It is. Yeah, I haven't seen anything from uh, from Erica, but um, so Steve Avery has presented us with a game that will go into what do you what do you want to call this universe right now? Right now we're calling it Gunkata. Okay, very uh, good. It's it's definitely going to change. Sure. Uh, but it's a this is a gunplay mm-hmm. heavy type of game yep. where you're assassins and you're trying to. Uh, fulfill contracts mm-hmm. and, and it's got a very comic booky pulpy element to it mm-hmm. uh, kind of a, a, a John Wick-esque sort of sure. a, sort of a situation yeah, Atomic it's, Blonde right Proud Mary yeah, yeah. whatever what, these, other references right. these kind of pulp uh, really over assassin the over the top yeah. worlds uh, and, and we're definitely going over the top. We have a we have a, a dog character featured in in a normal, otherwise normal human world. We've well, some... he's now been we hired. So we had a concept artist do a couple pieces for us, right? And I sent over a character named Barkiles. Yes, because everyone's named after a, a god, right? And uh, he came back instead of a dog, which I, is what I requested. He has a psychopath wearing a dog face mask. Oh, even better, and carrying a barbed wire bat. Oh, so it's uh, like, uh, what is the Hotline Miami a little bit? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And uh, oh. it's pretty hot fire. And so sometimes that's a, that's a good lesson in kind of iterative design in mm-hmm. that you give and, and letting your artists talk a little bit because he was like, no, dude, like I'm drawing cool stuff and I'm not drawing a dog in my cool stuff. So he found a way to make it better and it's better. It's, it's now we've got a really creepy character yeah. and that was, that was on him. So thank you. Uh, and hopefully we'll get to show you guys that soon. Yeah. And that'll be coming. And then we have big plans for that universe. It's going to be, uh, wild starting from, I think we've got factions we've talked about and right. going from the beginning of time and all that. Right. So that's exciting. We've been, we've been working on world building a bit. Like I said, the name's going to change some of the, some of the characters and facts, details may change, but, uh, we've got sort of our, our grand scope of it, our, our idea behind yep. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that'll evolve over time and you'll get to hear us, uh, as we, we sort it all out. Yeah. Uh, the other game is I really, <laughs> I'm really excited about this one. Um, do we, do we have a name for this one yet? It's, um, I, the general brand for this is Betty Payne versus the Legions of Cthulhu. Right. And so what this is, is, um, this is the fact that all of you that love Cthulhu, you, you should maybe pump the brakes a little bit and read some of this stuff because I think Lovecraft was really good at world building, but like actually as a writer, he was not so great and probably racist and sexist and that's i mean a lot of look you know the world's changing all the time but but he was emphatically so and and so some of those stories are like embarrassing to like or read at this point oh, and yeah. so betty Payne is kind of a reimagining uh that puts women uh forward uh and and so it's a uh, team of ace fighter pilots who do mostly shows to keep up morale mm-hmm. um and then uh when the elder gods awaken um, there's, there's certain effects that apply to men that don't apply to these women. And so they are tasked with, uh, kind of saving the world. And so for that on board, we have, uh, Erica, uh, AKA frenemy games, uh, good friend. And I'm not even gonna try and say her last name. 
but you know her and she's famous and awesome and worked with uh, she you know I think Daryl and her uh, our, yeah. our friend Daryl Andrews who's now running Maple Games right um, he, you know they got their she got her start with him and now is she's solo designing this one for us and it's gonna be really exciting but look for more games in this universe um, and a comic book as yeah. well and I think I'm designing a game in this universe probably right now too which yeah. is something I didn't want to do and then I started doing it because <laughs> I come up with terrible ideas <laughs> yeah but yeah. Uh, but this universe I'm really excited about and I think the art style is gonna be really exciting and just like kind of a giving you readable content for the Cthulhu mythos which is always like everyone's favorite go-to backdrop but mm -hmm. also but keeping it like pulpy yeah, probably, yeah, and more fun. And like, dude, none of you have read a, a Lovecraft story. Like, sorry. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. I've read way too many oh, okay. Lovecraft Perfect. stories. Yeah, yeah oh, I just, no. I bought his full, but, uh, yeah. full catalog today for 99 cents. Oh, just wonderful. because I wanted to. There are some, there are some very, there are some, a lot of, of racism in there. There's uh, yeah. the rats in the walls. He, his cat has named something incredibly unfortunate. <laughs> Um, it's it's really bad. There's yeah. there's a lot of yeah bad stuff towards women, um, but there's great atmosphere, right? It's the atmosphere and the theme that keeps you there. Uh, it's it's the kind of the the terrors in your mind, which which is not what the Cthulhu mythos has become. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, right. it's you you really are you've hit the nail on the head that what his writing was has very much changed into a different beast, and some of that needs to be modernized a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, and then if you want to have some fun, Google uh, Family Circus uh, Lovecraft. Uh, <laughs> they, they take Family Circus cartoons and uh -huh. swap in a nice uh, line from H.P. Lovecraft. Oh, uh, it's a to, to just it's chocolate and peanut butter. It's perfect. Sure, it's, sure. it's the only way to either watch Family watch Read. look at Family Circus yeah. or deal with Lovecraft. Like uh, 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 it's like that. What was it? The uh, Garfield without John. Have you seen those? Oh yeah, Garfield, Garfield without Garfield, Garfield where John is just, kind is of just a sad, yes. schizophrenic. Oh, those, are, those are amazing. Those <laughs> are fantastic. art. Uh, so those are our universes. So yeah. we've got Creepies, we've got Gunkata, and we've got this this Betty Payne. And then we have uh, two outline games. One yes. that came up over a conversation about me recommending a TV show to you. Right, right. So we've got Get Salty, which is a game that I designed. Uh, this was very much based out of the show uh, Cutthroat Kitchen, mm -hmm. which, mm -hmm. which, yeah, you you definitely turned me on to. And boy, you've turned me on to so many more oh. cooking shows since oh. then. There you Delaney go. And I went through like four seasons of MasterChef Junior in the last oh, two yeah. weeks. Yeah, cripes. Reasonably watchable. Yeah, yep. um, but yeah, this is a dice rolling game where you are heavily take that um, and with an auctioning element uh and we, we we've talked about another episode so i'm not going to get into it too much because you're going to hear plenty about it sure. in, in our, our backlog uh so yeah i won't talk about that too much now and uh yeah i think that's that's most of our alignment and then you've got your, your okay. cthulhu yes game. so we've luckily and this is the this is the advantage of building universes is because i came up with an idea uh which was a terrible theme <laughs> which was uh called operation paperclip Right. Which is essentially when uh, World War II was over, both the U.S. and Russia basically drafted scientists out of Germany. And those led to great innovations in the world, including the moon landing. Mm -hmm. uh, however, that's a terrible thing. You don't want to be drafting Nazi scientists. Um, unless. <laughs> unless. You do. Uh, and so I think the work around here is going to be setting that in the Cthulhu Betty Payne universe. And uh, drafting corrupted scientists who, who've had some Elder God infliction. And so it's a balancing game of um, 
drafting these scientists to three different factions into your research projects, but also making sure you don't overload your evil stat and mm-hmm. therefore you know tank your research and instead of launching to the moon maybe you're uh you're building opening, rockets like yeah. they were or, yeah. or doing these terrible things building so, a door to bring azathoth into it, your universe perfect yeah there exactly so so that's that um it's it, you know it's it's got a lot of mechanics i like which is drafting auction uh, some hidden information and so working on that and more, more details to come we may test it at BeachyCon next mm-hmm. week we'll see um we'll see if it's ready for prime time so so that's it. So that's our slate. That's six games all in the works. And that's really what you need to be working with if you're going to be more than a, a one product company. And I think, um, you know, some of these are, are pretty good designers. I mean, we got Sam, we got Steve, we got Erica, you know, yeah. Jesse is, is hit with Cora and, and yeah. some other stuff. He's made two or three games that I don't, don't think have popped yet, but are very good. Right. And so we went right after the hitters. Um, so I think we're at a good place. Yeah, so, yeah. so there you go. Yeah, absolutely. And we're going to be, obviously we've got a, a number of other designers that we'd like to work with that we're talking to that, mm-hmm. that hopefully we'll be able to announce some stuff in the future. So yeah, yeah we, and, we got all sorts of cool stuff. coming. Yeah. And, and it's all a balancing act of making sure that the amount of games we have, uh, moving forward isn't so much that we get kind of paralyzed. And I used to run 30 or 25 to 30 games at a time. And, and so six is, is manageable and really it's four plus two floaters. So, mm-hmm. you know, we'll, we'll get there, but yeah, we'll work with some of our friends and I'm sure we'll have a Matt fantastic game very Absolutely. soon. You know? Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully a Daryl game is somewhere. Down yeah. Daryl's got a couple yeah. of pitches to us and yeah. he's non-exclusive with Maple. He can still sell us a few. So that's fun. Right. Right. So that's it. You've, that's, yeah. that's bread and circuses. That's yeah. what we're doing. We're Absolutely. making games. We're talking to you. We're, you know, and well, then, hopefully occasionally fun. Yes, yes, we definitely get distracted. We'll talk about games we're playing. We'll talk yeah. about events we're going to. Um, just sort of tips, discussions about games yeah. and the game industry in general. Yeah. Uh, like we went a couple of weeks ago. We went to Kingdom Con. Ross Thompson's yeah. event. Yes, uh, this is a, here this in the Diego. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, here in San Diego, uh-huh. uh, we played a couple of games. We had some fun. We can we can chat. I think a little bit about some of the games we played there. We played uh, the Thing Outpost at Infection uh, Infection at Outpost Thirty One. Uh-huh. Uh huh. That was your first time playing. it. My I played, first time. I played it a bunch of times. But uh, why don't you give us your just initial impression? What did you think? Uh, so I thought it was fun. I need to play it with a group with uh, a little less. So. You know, John, you had, what, four of the six people there were yours. Yeah. One was a random human who I really wish would have left our table. Uh, <laughs> we can we can dig into why if you're willing to air it, because I tried to make it uncomfortable enough for him to go, and it didn't take... We can, we can he, touch on it. He was a weirdo. Um, <laughs> and then there was me. So I thought it was funny, because this is a deduction game. There's hidden traders. One of you's infected at least one, and then there's a midpoint where another one gets infected. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was funny that you guys had zero interest in discussing who possibly would be infected and really kind of had a checklist of we go to this room we go to that room we go to this room we go to that room we get on a helicopter that's it right and it was it was like playing a deduction game without deducing ever (laughs) and so I thought that was bizarre which Uh, is not to say anything against the game no it's just us because we've played it a thousand times so we've we're at the part where we've kind of got a shorthand for how we go through the game yeah. we know the people's tells we know kind of mm-hmm. what yeah so so to somebody who comes in and plays it the first time right it, it, it can seem a, a little uh, added difficulty yeah so so my biggest and I've thought about this about 15 times since we played but at one point there are cards that are auto fail of a whole entire mission sure. and so there was an all players go mission and there was an auto fail card in there 
And the way that that rolled off your guys' back and no one stopped and went, wait, who wants to claim playing the auto fail? Who wants to defend their... Who wants to say what card they played? You did none of it. No. You're just like, cool, moving on. No. And I was in stunned silence going, <laughs> do, what is the point of this game? Well, and then... It, to be fair, when you do have everybody in there, the bad guy's always going to do it. There's no way to figure out from okay. everybody being there. Just, but, just right, in that but, but, but typically there there's a ones. spirited discourse sure. Sure. Uh, around these, t- and that's what these games are built for. It's, uh, I like to say it's above, off the table or above the table gaming, right. and there was very little, so I was playing a game with a lot of above the table mechanics, but playing it all on the table, which yeah. is to say we were playing purely the cards, the dice, the, the figures, and the that didn't collate in my head so well and so I was very thrown off and then I was turned into a thing midway but I had not learned the thing powers so I had no freaking clue what to do which was amazing <laughs> um, and so yeah so there you go but uh, it, it's a fun game um, it made made slightly less fun by one individual and we had to play Mysterium oh yeah which yeah, I yeah. think you and I would agree yeah was not fun no and the problem like what made it so much sadder was that the people that we were playing with, with uh, were experienced Mysterium players. If you've right. ever played Mysterium, one player is the ghost who, who is doing a, a massive amount of work. God, the ghost is. does an incredible amount of work, and then the other players have maybe five minutes of things to do in mm-hmm. an hour and a half game. Yes. While the other guy is constantly doing stuff. And he was, our ghost was so experienced, he was so good, he was fantastic. And even at that, the game had just no movement to right. it. It moved at a snail's pace. Yes. Uh, you you sit and you sit and you sit while he figures out stuff. Uh-huh. And then you have literally on a timer right. 30 seconds to do all of your player actions simultaneously. Yeah. And then it goes back to another 15 minutes of him doing stuff by himself. It was It was the strangest, most backwards design I've ever seen in a game where it's like, yeah, was... you designed this intentionally to make ninety percent of the players have ninety percent of the downtime. Well, there's a there's a big game coming up that got a target exclusive that I think is similar to this, and uh... we'll see if that catches on. But um, yeah, it was weird. The setup was huge, and so that was unfortunate and a, and a bummer of a wind down. I think at that point you left. Yeah, we took off okay. after that. And then uh, I went and played Drunk Quest. Ross is famous for mm-hmm. throwing a tournament at mm-hmm. this uh, thing, where apparently in past years it has gone beyond nutso and there's been kegs and people doing 30 drinks and so drink quest is just it's a, an example of mech mechanics can't be patented so it's a company that came along and said you know what would go with munchkin drinks and uh, so spencer reeve and i who is the product manager at iaw games we went to the tournament uh and we pounded through many many beers playing with some lovely strangers who were really welcoming and inviting we played a five-person game okay um one of the those three won but we all we all won, and that was the moment. I mean, Drunk Quest I would not say is a game; it was an activity. Yeah. Uh, but it was great. It was super fun. Ross hosted a great thing. He had a bunch of you know. We brought beers. He had beers, and and really, just for a silly activity, I think it's a good like if you were a gamer nerd and throwing a bachelor party, you might start with Drunk Quest Absolutely. or or you know warm up with that. Mm-hmm. Um, by no means any kind of strategy. No. But other than just drink the most drinks. Did Celeste, because I did it last year, and I got to take home a special Drunk Quest 
glass. Did you get that this year? Or was he that... had some. Okay. I don't think I got one. They might have been. I didn't make it through even like ours was like a quarterfinal or something like that. Uh-huh. And I didn't even make it out of that. And then Spencer and I had to actually go do work. We evaluated a game for <laughs> IDW. That designer got some salty notes. He was not stoked. Again, <laughs> off-putting. Yeah. yeah. yeah well, giving game notes is... Yeah. Uh, there's a few people who've had that experience at, at, at umpubs and... and <laughs> Oh you're a little too honest and, uh, yeah but no I, w- I was good then but still uh, but but no I, I did see Ross had those glasses and and uh, yeah Ross Thompson uh, marketing guy Friday debut slash yeah. head of the local Knights SCA SCA he's well he's not a, he's not a knight yet he's still a squire he's still a squire but he's been offered but he, okay. he wanted to wait because it's a whole thing you gotta wait yeah. and you gotta take your time so I'm, I'm gonna get out there next month are you, are you he's, do it? he's lending me armor I'm going to war baby wait wait I got a question for you what happens if you stab a guy in the face <laughs> <laughs> I have been told that they are dead <laughs> yeah yeah so uh, oh, yeah. Man, I will so have to come out we'll, we'll post you. some pics on the on our social feeds bread yeah. and circuses I'll, on, I'll, do a, I'll do a recording we'll get a, we'll get a nice video of you of you fighting yeah, Ross yeah for those of you who, <laughs> who dislike me uh, watch Ross beat the crap out of me sometime in June great alright yeah. so that feels like a good games yeah. recap yeah so okay so then we like to kind of close out and I say close out uh, oh here we go gently. here's half an hour yeah um, by talking we just like to talk about one thing that we've been up to uh-huh. or enjoying um, yeah. And and this year's uh, this episode's a little loaded because uh, Infinity War just came out. Uh-huh. And uh, spoiler alert: uh, one of us did not enjoy it <laughs> as much as the other. <laughs> this will be a running theme. Um, so I'm just going to say it right now. Aside from a couple of minor gripes, sure, I loved it. Okay, I thought it was a great film. Okay. Full spoilers, by the way. We're going to talk full spoilers. Yeah, full, full on. So if, if you haven't seen, it, seen the movie, like you made a billion dollars. If you're listening to this podcast and not watching Infinity War, you're a strange human. You missed out, yeah. Mom. Uh, all right, so so why don't we why don't we start at the top? Well, you, I think you should present your case because well, you know, I know I need what to on I need earth to did you? Oh, okay. okay I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start by talking about my gripes then. All oh, right. Okay. Oh, I'll we're talk, going right I'm to gripes. My, you don't want to say my, what you like? No, because I love the so pithy much. dialogue. No, I love the dialogue. That movie uh-huh. lives and dies on its dialogue. That's all it does. Uh, all right. I, I'm going to tell you my only gripes, okay. and then I will defend everything else. Okay. One, I think that the scenes with Thor in the uh, giant forge star was a little long. It dragged on, and it was unnecessary. Oh, uh, you could have cut all that. You could have cool. cut. He could have just showed up with the new thing. Right. And you'd be like, yeah, right on. Uh, there's no need for him to Dinklage go and stand in a star wasted. shooting him. That was silly. There was no point. Yeah. Um, the other gripe is, and I understand it because it's plot. Mm-hmm. Like if Thanos just gets the reality stone, then he's won because he can reshape all of reality. Yeah. And then you yeah. don't have a movie. But that answers the plot hole right there then you don't have a movie and you gotta have a movie yeah and look this is always like everything it's like well if Neo wasn't the one you you know like and that's every time like if it's just me waking up and going to the going to work then it's not a movie but if it's me getting hijacked then it's a movie and that happens to one in a billion so I'll give you those uh, and and you're right but uh, here's the thing yeah it's a god awful terrible trash movie It's embarrassingly bad. If you like it, you're wrong, and and you're silly. And especially, so I'm I'm on I'm on the Facebooks. Okay. And like eighty percent of my friends work in fucking comic books and board games, and you're going, oh my god, the end is sad. And it's like, 
dude, like, that's embarrassing. Like, I'm embarrassed for you if you think that, because, like, the, so in the end, half of the universe, Thanos wins. Right. They go for an Empire Strikes Back uh, ending of Thanos winning. Sure. And uh, he wipes out half the universe. Sure. Do you think they're going to walk any of that back there, John? Yeah, okay. So, here's, okay, here's my feelings on that. Um, first of all, if, you've, if you're even passing familiar with Thanos, you know the snap's coming. You right. know what's going to happen in the film. Sure. You know half of the Marvel is going to die. And then you know that they're going to bring basically all of them mm-hmm. back. Um, I think that uh, Loki is dead. I, think. I will agree, which I'm, is the best yes. moment of the film. They start with a really cool... Start, yeah. The first 10 minutes is great because it's like it was a really smart choice. Thanos has already won that attack. And he's mm-hmm. walking around strutting like a badass. Uh, but then you get into one of my other major gripes, which I think happens with maybe three of the stones, which is character chooses other character over giving Thanos power over ridiculous shit. Right. So it's like, don't kill Thor. Here's a gem that would allow you to kill half the universe. Right. Don't kill Iron Man. Here's a gem that would allow you to kill half the universe. Right, but that was intentional. Don't kill Scarlet Witch. Oh, wait. The gem that I had, that I gave you, that she destroyed, you had the other gem the whole time that could just wind back, whatever. Why are we even, when you add time travel, everything sucks. Okay. Right. Yes, time travel does. Because if mess why, why stuff. is strange not time travel? He's like, nah, I got one plan, guys. I'm not going to tell you the plan. You're going, you're going in too many directions too fast. I cannot, I cannot rebut all of them. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Am I doing too many meat cutes? You're doing, you're doing, you're doing too many, too many gripes too fast. Let's take them one by one. Okay. Okay. So let's go. Let's go back to uh, everybody giving. Things and making giving bad decisions. Thanos chips. Okay, Here so you go. that is intentional. I think very intentional. The whole point is that over time and time and time again, Thanos has proven that his method of making sacrifices and being the most ruthless, heartless person uh, is how you win. Mm-hmm. And every movie in the Marvel universe up until this point has had the opposite proven true. That when you decide to foster friendship and and your loyalties over pragmatism um, you will always win and people have been lulled into a comfort sense in over 19 movies to feel like as long as everybody stays together and makes the the quote-unquote like good choice that everything's going to work out fine this movie wanted to throw that into the rocks as hard as it could and say mm-hmm. no every time that you stand up and make a heroic decision you're going to get smacked down and bad things are going to happen and it's going to keep happening until you fucking get it through your thick skulls that you need to be the ruthless person who makes those tough decisions and that's what i think they're setting up for four is that if you have this plant 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 payoff right they've done it three times as you said it's three times that we've seen people People make the wrong quote wrong choice mm-hmm. in this movie so that when they make the right choice in four it has a lot more impact they've learned from their mistakes that they've made over and over and over again and realize what it finally takes to be able to defeat the, uh, the enemy so I think that that's intentional and and yes they can't they, they are a little ham-fisted with it mm-hmm. um, but oh, I but oh. I like it I think that it's a strong it's like- message that they're sending right now uh, that they have to change and be and grow up a bit Okay, I'll give you that, but but following that into my next major gripe of growing yeah. up a bit, yeah, that would be okay if the movie grew up a bit because I was sitting there watching this thing and I'm going, okay, well, it looks like we're going to get a bad ending. Looks like Thanos is going to win. Looks mm-hmm. like he's going to get all the gems and a lot of dudes are going to die. But the joke per minute ratio never stops. It never slows down. 
it's like this was a joke machine this was 30 rock yeah. for two and a half hours with Shit. dudes dying and the problem was you never gave me the emotional pivot for the third act to go hey dude it's serious now and so after look, look we lose Loki in a great scene mm-hmm. 10 minutes in then we lose uh, what's her name Green Girl Gamora Gamora in a average highly predictable Which, terrible oh, scene she shouldn't be there in the first place just there for him to talk to something to Everyone hates the Red Skull thing, I'm, which was actually kind of cool. I am teetering on the edge with Gamora, and I'll I will give you my thoughts on okay. Gamora in a minute. And by the way, he like cuts to Guardians and ribbons, but then they come back. Like so, so That's you're a nod already to the comics specifically. That that okay. reference is a specific panel. Yeah, cool. But already you're you're removing the whole thing of this. Was like, hey, you're gonna go in. Some characters you love are gonna be gone. Right. And so that was the hype. That was the expectation. And we lose Loki, who's a, a pretty cool character and mm-hmm. was very interesting and pivotal, but not needed in Wave 2, if we're right. being honest. Right. So he was a very obvious kill. Same with Heimdall. Uh-huh. There you go. So we're wiping out contracts, essentially. We're clearing out dead space, sure. sending them down, you know, sure. pulling up some, some minor leaguers to fill that space, cutting salary cap. And then you start getting into immediately, when you cut up two Guardians but immediately heal them, you're telling me, oh, no more deaths matter. And sure enough... As again, we get to the end, which they're joking. Ruffalo's in a Hulkbuster suit going, it's great doing this. He's telling jokes to the last second. Okay. Yeah. And then then we, so I've never emotionally gotten ready for the big fight because it's all been hype and jokes and bullshit. And then you wipe out half the people and you're not wiping. Like, how much do you think Marvel was just like, if we could recut one scene, oh, we wouldn't have made Black Panther vanish. Had we seen that box office, yeah, well, we wouldn't have made him vanish because no one on Earth thinks there's not Black Panther 2 in the wings. There's no way on Earth that sticks. Spider-Man, same. Of like course. Everyone, the Spider-Man, I'm like, shut. Uh, yeah, really, but, are we going to recast Peter again? Do I have to watch a new Aunt May? Like, this what, is, this what is, are we doing? But this is what comic books have been what for the last hundred it years. It is, and that's why it's embarrassing if you're following yes, along and going, yes, oh my God, they're de- this was sad. And everyone seems to have the, the Marvel reality stone of shaping your world and telling you this matters when it obviously doesn't and is just killing time. But I think... It's silly, and I think this is maybe a downfall for comics because when all these people come back... Do comics movies matter anymore? I don't know, but I think I think you hit you hit on a couple things where you where a little bit contradicted yourself because you're saying that this is a, a movie that you felt like people shouldn't have been taking all these deaths as seriously, but you're also upset because there's a lot of jokes and they're not taking it very seriously. So understanding who this movie's made for, um, <laughs> uh-huh. this is a movie that's supposed to make a billion dollars and bring a, a million people right. their seats in. Sure. And they do not want you to walk out of that movie saying, wow, I hate Marvel now. You ruined all of my favorite characters by murdering sure. them viciously. You want to be able to go in and you want to be able to have a 10-year-old walk out of this movie not feeling like everybody that they love has just been ripped away from them. And you do that mm-hmm. by adding levity constantly throughout the movie. You have to, if you're going to make a dark movie that is a superhero Marvel movie, you have to keep it light. We've seen time and time again with the DC, DC movies failures, how yeah. much they have failed by making this dark, moody, depressing tone. Sure. It, it, and yes, they have it as as any TV series caricaturizes its characters. The more a series goes on, and they become more and more jokey. The Marvel movies have also leaned more and more into comedy as they've moved forward. Um, but I would argue that Thor Ragnarok and Spider Man Homecoming are two of my favorite Marvel movies, and they're two of the silliest. So I'm not necessarily going to say that that's a bad thing. 
But Spider-Man does a good job of switch when it, when you get to the third act finale big action, mm-hmm. the jokes kind of stop and it's it's serious. The tensions are high, and sure. I just don't feel like I got that here. I was I could not believe it was still as light as it was when we were into the biggest battle mm. of the movie, and it was just like I understand I, and I agree. A ten-year-old should come out balanced on this and have had fun and also have been like whoa the bad guys won for a minute and they should be mind-blowing but to kick in that emotional thing you really do need to stop the jokes 15 minutes away from wiping out half your universe absolutely you you can't have i think mark ruffalo is actually doing like the macarena while peter parker disappears and in the big hulkbuster suit going look how cool this suit is like i think that's the level i took this at it was just it was it was cheers it was bad it was just bad. It's just like I think. I think. I don't. How know. do you emotionally impact when you know someone's saying, "Oh no, a space angel disappeared" or whatever? Like, get Batista the fuck off the screen, land some land some hits. Give me fifteen minutes, and not that Batista's not great, but right. But I'm just saying. I, I think that was a big thing for me, um, and we'll see how part two goes. But I, I do think you're gonna when when so much of this is walked back, and you just like, well, why don't we just time travel everything? It's going to be a bummer to a lot of people. I think um, they're just going to be like, oh. Yes, but I think that we're going to see, honestly, because we've set up we've set up this movie to have it all be retconned in the second movie, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like this is, and, and it's established that way. And yes, that's right. one of the immediate pitfalls of time travel. Anytime you have it is it's that nightmare. you're undoing yeah. a lot of what you've created yeah. and it, it makes it feel cheaper. Um I don't feel like bringing back most of these characters is going to feel cheap. I think it's going to feel like a like a normal Marvel crossover event comic book does. Yeah, that's what they sure. do. Um, the sure. only time I think that it's going to feel cheap, and I swear to God they're going to do it, and it's going to make me really upset, is that they're going to bring Gamora back. Oh, that um, would be so lame. And that will be, to me, a massive, massive crushing disappointment. Um, that they, would be a bummer. They, her entire arc is based around Thanos mm-hmm. and their betrayals. Um, and her storyline, honestly, without, I mean, sure, she has a little ongoing romance, whatever, with Star-Lord. I don't care. Like, he can meet other ladies. Uh, her arc is based around Thanos. And to die and be this catalyst for Thanos, I think it, it will lose a significant amount of its weight if she's brought back. And, oh, and I think wow. they've already hinted that oh, she is no. in the Soul Stone and that they're going to somehow bring her out. Oh, um, no. I will be very disappointed by that. Oh, what a bummer. I will be. But you know yeah. what? I, 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 I didn't even think of that. Right. Oh. But there's a lot of things. And y- you also, I mean, yes, it's always fun and it's easy to be like, yeah, they, they, they did a bad job handling some, this and that. But you also have to recognize like they were given an impossible task yeah, to but, have right. 30 main characters in For a movie sure. uh, to and do something I, like this yeah. and have it be accessible to anyone who goes to sit down in this theater and maybe doesn't remember the 18 preceding films before it, but still wants to have a fun experience. I always, and maybe I'm a little bit biased because uh, I'm a big Buffy fan, right? Sure. Buffy is my favorite show of all time. Love it. Um, And it very much runs at a pace of, it's dark, it's dark, we're making jokes, we're making jokes, but it's dark, but it's dark, but we're Mm -hmm. making jokes, but we're making jokes. And it is able to balance the levity with the heaviness and the depressing stuff so aptly and be able to kind of switch it on and off that I didn't feel, um, I didn't feel detracted in, in Avengers, maybe because I'm, I'm ingrained into that sort of a sensibility though. Yeah. Well, no, I love, I love Angel more than Buffy, but I love both shows very, very, very much. Right. But, 
But yeah, no, it, it just and, and the meat cutes got obscenely you're, terrible. You're, you keep with getting every... on these meat cutes. I can think of like two meat cutes no, no, in the no. whole movie. No, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like when when here's a here's a terribly shitty scene when Doctor Strange and Spider Man meet each other, and he's like, I've I've never heard of you, Doctor Strange. Oh, that's your nickname, like. Dude, like, didn't half of Doctor Strange's city disappear in a crazy... In his movie? So, like... All I'm saying is, like, look, if Tom Brady met Ronaldo... Right. He would know... He doesn't play... Tom Brady doesn't play soccer, but he would be like, oh, shit, you're the most famous guy. These guys operate at this level. Like, there's no news stories about Doctor Strange saving whatever fucking city. So, any of the Earth heroes... You'd have to say all these Earth heroes have heard of each other. So, when they just don't even... When they just show up, they're like... What are you? Oh my god. It's just got old, I, I will agree with you that it seems odd that a couple of egocentric pricks like Doctor Strange and Tony Stark do not know each other. Right. Um, yeah, that for, that yeah, strikes me as odd. Man, yeah, it does. Stark is, is your... He's got all the money in the world. He's got all this, right. all the tech. And I, He's tracking everybody. Yeah. He's your Batman. And Come I understand on. that you don't... You know, we don't ever have them on screen together. And they were, they were taking it very literally, a lot of this stuff of like, what you've seen on the screen is what's happened. And if you haven't yeah. seen it, it hasn't happened. Um, and, and Iron Man and Doctor Strange really exemplified that. But then, you know, I will say that that was a gripe of mine. I, yeah. I will agree with you there. I'll concede that point. I think that the Guardians, all of those meet-cutes were totally justified. They don't know yeah, any sure. they roll in, that, And that's what their purpose was. And that's why had, they were yes, there. You did have to have that. Now, I will say, though, because if you're not – if you're going to have things where you're not setting something up between movies and there's no right. explanation – then maybe maybe don't have like Black Widow's hair be a different color and all right. these things where it's like oh so clearly a lot of stuff has happened to them but we're not even they don't even hint towards yeah, what's right. happened to them and that was just the passage of time right which is like which is fine if you're able to infer other things have happened but they don't establish that you can infer other things have happened right. they do have to spell out every other thing um, so that's just I mean I would say it's a little inconsistent I wouldn't say it's garbage yeah. <laughs> it's, I, I thought it was garbage movie. I just uh, I feel like they built it here's the thing is that they built up this thing and they're like you're gonna your mind is gonna be blown there's gonna be serious consequences and it just it, by the end I was left with like I mean come on you gotta you gotta take out an America or a Star Trek well, right and you, you know just what? gotta do well, it well here's you, the you, thing in, and not in the cheesy half disappeared thing. Yes, but you got to figure exactly what they've set up. The only people that are left alive are the original Avengers. Right. So that's what they're setting up, right? Sure. They're, they are. This movie had to cut all that bloat so that part two could deliver that more serious story. And you know what? If if we were having a battle that did have jokes in it, and then Captain America died during it then we would have a much different conversation because Captain America has been one of the main characters this whole time. Sure. We didn't see any deaths happen during that scene um, at end that we don't know are going to have them come back, right? We know that these people are going to come back. So already it it doesn't have to be the saddest, most depressing thing because we do know they're coming back. So we can have some levity going on. Which is why it's boring. Because they're coming back. I think that the end of the the next one, part two... I think we are going to have a very serious battle that does not have a lot of jokes, that right. has very real consequences. Yeah, I think there's yeah. no way that Iron Man or Cap are making it out alive. Right, of course they're, they're both there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think I think maybe maybe they're going to kill a Banner too. Ah, highly probable. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I, he's I over. Say, he didn't get that tattoo. No, he didn't get the tattoo. Yeah. One thing I think that was absolutely brilliant this film 
was making the Hulk get his ego bruised that was and cool. refusing to come out. I, that was a great threat. What a great what character a great development. I'll give you that. I'll give you that as the best part of the movie. It was fantastic. I thought that was great. And yes, a lot of the dialogue but is, is very silly and, and mm-hmm. ongoing. But you know what? I think that there was a lot telling with like Star-Lord's character when he's, when he's feeling so threatened by Thor. Yes, it's a lot of jokes. It's very silly. But also it reveals a lot on his character. You know, there's a lot of... No, it didn't. Come on. That's it did. reaching. Absolutely. Oh, you go with a good banner point and then you're saying Star-Lord got development? No, of I think, course oh, not. That I, was the same old Star-Lord. No, they, had, the to set, they had to set him up and give him a, a thing of oh. him being uh, insecure and being That's kind of an uncontrolled. And he can't control himself because then they have to set it up for him to fuck everything up with Thanos. Yeah. Oh, I, I, don't, I didn't see any growth there. Yeah. I thought he was a... a same old foil, that's but right. I, I, I like. I thought the banner thread was the best. I hope they pay that off because that was good. So Hulk's got it. Hulk's going to be back in the. Well, of course he's going to be back. But I hope, they, I hope it's cool. I hope it's a good because that is the most interesting uh, thing of it, uh, like that effective Hulk yelling no and all that wanna, was cool. You want to know what I think is going to happen? This all is right. just purely my okay. my theory craft. Okay, so we had that. That the only reason I feel like they needed to have that forge was so Peter Dinklage could say, "Oh, by the way, we still have the mold for the Infinity Gauntlet." Hundred <laughs> percent. Okay, so they're going to go and they're going to build their own Infinity Gauntlet, uh-huh. and they're going to have Hulk use it. Right. Hulk's the only person strong enough to be able thing. to put his hand yeah. in that thing. Right. And Hulk got his ass beat. He got his pride damaged by Thanos. He's yeah. going to want revenge, and he's going to want it bad. I think he's going to yeah. do it with the Infinity Gauntlet. So, so then they just re-go to that line of, you've got a this, we've got a Hulk. I with an was, Infinity Gauntlet. I thought, and also, so I thought that you, was a great callback for Loki. Yeah. To finally be able to say we have a Hulk was yeah. was a great moment for his character. I really like how they get all of these callbacks to all these characters. They they honestly they do a great job of taking one line, one little bit that happened so long ago, and mm-hmm. then bringing it back. I think the best example is original Captain America. He's mm-hmm. getting beat up by some soldier guy in an alleyway before he's a super soldier. Okay. And the guy's like, why don't you stay down? He's like, I can do this all day. Right. And then Bucky saves him. Well, end of Civil War, he's getting his ass beat down by Iron Man. And Iron Man says, come on, man, stay down. And he gets up and he says, I can do this all day. Right. And then Bucky saves him. Uh, it, it was an interesting... Repeat it. And they love to do that. They love to. They love to. So there's no way that Hulk's not coming back big time. And honestly, I think that Thor's going to kill Thanos in the end by aiming for the head. Hmm. Because he said it. You should have aimed for the head. Yeah. That's got, that is 100% plan. Yeah. That's one of your, yeah, one of your your little things. And that's, uh, yeah, that's what comes with film school and reading too many scripts and seeing too much of the stuff is that you're just like, yeah, yeah. that's that's there for later. (laughs) Spoiler alert, I went to film school, worked in the film industry for a couple years, uh, hated it, and then came back and made board games. Yeah, it is, and it is brutal to watch sometimes go, oh, hey, Chekhov's gun. Oh, wait, it's a whole shit, oh, I found Chekhov's armory. All of these things are built to pay off in two. Yeah, Uh, And speaking of paying off. Oh, yeah, yeah, are you you segueing here? Yeah, yeah, that's a famous Nate Murray segue. You know, you know what pays off over ten episodes and is actually. <laughs> let's talk about the stakes of the universe versus the stakes of being the toughest karate guy in Reseda, <laughs> and how I care so much more about one than the other. Uh, Cobra Kai on YouTube Red. This <laughs> shit is so good. Oh, it is boy. insanely good. I've watched the whole thing. Okay. To uh, favorite ten episodes of anything I've watched. Uh, fist pumping, amazing just perfect it uh really so there's been like a a narrative the last few years where people are like ah, daniel larusso was kind of a dick 
And much like Stranger Things 2 was ruined by the internet uh, of everyone going, what happened to Barb? And you saw how shoehorned in that was to that plot. There's no way they thought about writing about that character again. And all of a sudden they're like, let's make a thread about Barb because the internet wants it. True. Well, the internet has said Daniel Russo, kind of a dick in Karate Kid 1. He is the villain of the piece. He kind of is, right? And so someone made a show about it. Uh, it's fan fiction, but they got Zabka and uh, what's his freaking name? Yeah, Ralph Macchio. Yeah, Ralph Macchio. They got him to come back, and it's amazing. The first two are free. You gotta watch those, uh, but you have to keep going. And I say that specifically because I have seen, and I knew this was gonna happen, but I've seen the the complaints of toxic masculinity being highlighted in the show, and and some appropriation and things like that. And I think if you watch all ten, you'll you'll back that down. Because uh, it, as it starts off, you follow Zabka. And so, what's so happened Machio to Machio is, is the villain straight out? They're, no, no, no. They're both villains. They're oh, both okay. anti-heroes. They're, okay. they're two 40-year-old men who still think karate and Reseda is important. <laughs> okay. and, and so you, you start with some Zabka. He runs into a, uh, a Machio-esque uh, protege. And that leads to a reopening of Cobra Kai, which which sparks some feelings with uh, with 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 Machio, and um, it's it's pure cheeseball referencing. If you want to talk about, they scene by scene do some amazing stuff. The beach intro scene is done so beautifully. Um, scene by scene, they do. There's some technology where they're showing '80s footage but making it not terrible. And I mean, just the the whole structure and the payoffs and setups. A breakdown. It's amazing. The ending is... We sat there going into episode 10 and said, I do not know who's going to come up on this and how this is going to go. And they pay it off emotionally amazingly. It's crazy. And the, like, you want to talk about how obvious some things are to you or I. I, I, I didn't go to film school, but I do screenwriting. I do reading. I do yeah. storycraft. I do all this stuff. And I couldn't figure out how they were going to do it. An absolutely perfect ending to this thing. And really make it hit home, and it just does, and it's crazy. So uh, you gotta watch it. It's cheesy as heck. If if you don't like, uh, if you think this line would turn you away, uh, and this is the minorest of spoilers, but a girl tells a guy she can't date him because quote, my dad hates your sensei, <laughs> <laughs> and that is a straight faced played for drama line. Oh, and if boy. you can't if you can't cope with that level of cheese. Uh, then not for you, but for me, perfect cheese, perfect. Uh, I mean, and just really, it's it's so insignificant. It's two guys doing karate, and I, I, the other part of my life was fighting. I, I have a stupid. I have the equivalent of the All Reseda Karate Championship in my house somewhere. I'm like California State Judo Champ for high school. Oh. The trick to this is there were only two high schools that did judo. <laughs> <laughs> So it's yeah, but still, I can claim that you know. So, but um, yeah, medium medium fish, uh, very tiny pond. Uh, but but like that level of caring. But it's just it's so stupid. It's so amazing. Every actor and actress is is killing it. Yep. They honor. Uh, they don't they don't overdo it with Miyagi when they get to the point where they're gonna show a little bit of him and they take care to be sensitive to that moment. Every character you want is, is there, and it's just. 
I mean, it, it, there's nothing better. I can't wait. I can't uh, wait for season I'll, well, two. I'll have to watch it. Okay, uh, so it sounds like, though, that it's worth re-watching the original as a refresher. Oh, my God. I totally want to. Yeah, I wish I had. I wish I had watched the original. And um, you don't need to... You probably don't need to do two or three. Maybe okay. three a little bit because the, the bonsai tree a lot is in three, I think. Okay. Um, so maybe three is worth it. Two, you could probably skip. I don't think I ever saw two or three ever. Uh, oh, they go. Oh, oh, oh two. The Japan the with the drum. No, I think that's referenced. No, yeah. Oh god, you gotta watch first. Live or Die, Meep Meep. Oh, all that. I think all that comes in. So. Oh, I think I saw the one with with uh, what's her name with Hillary uh, Swank. Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank. I yeah. saw that one. Which okay. one was that? The next Karate Kid, I think. Okay, I or yeah, and then you got uh, Jaden. So somehow, somehow Will Smith is a great uh, lesson for IP rights. Will Smith is producer on this new show. It has to purely be because he somehow bought rights because he had his kid in one. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah. But uh, it's so worth it. And and I think if you're someone who is like, oh, it's it's promoting toxic toxic masculinity, I think give it the full ten and, and see the character arc. And I think maybe you'll be like, oh, okay, like this. You know, the, it, these are two damaged men who who focus too much on stupid shit, and mm -hmm. and that's what this <clears throat> is about, really. And then. The, the characters they influence, I think, is, is positive, and it's a, oh, it's a great show. Cool. All right. Well, I'll have to give it a go then. All right. Well, I think that's, uh, I think that's all that's we got in it for today. This is way too much talk there. Longer episodes yeah. we've done. We're right uh, about at an hour. So okay. It's a good time to wrap it up. There uh, you go. I, I am John Cohn. Uh, Nate C. Murray. Um, I have a Twitter. I don't know what it is. Yeah, that's a bit you'll you'll hear over uh, if you yeah. listen to season one, if we ever drop that. Yeah. Uh, uh, and another bit you'll understand is... Don't shop at Mattress Farm. And back Amanda Palmer on Patreon. All right, that's it. That's it.